0: The following podcast is brought to you by Crosswinds Golf and Country Club in Burlington, Ontario. If you're looking for a beautiful and challenging golf course, you've got to check out Crosswinds. Nestled between Rattlesnake Point and Mount Nemo on the Niagara Escarpment, Crosswinds offers the best value in all of southern Ontario. Book your tee time online and save big. Go to crosswindsgolf.com and tell them Hebzy sent you. Now, Mike, let's start the show. Hey everybody, welcome to Hebsey on Sports, episode number, Tim Horton, Mickey Mantle, Condridge Holloway, John Elway, and one of the weirdest movies I ever saw, Morgan Freeman, Brad Pitt, that number, you know what I'm saying? I'm your host, Mark Hepshire. today on the show, Disappointment, Outrage, Confusion, Opportunities Lost. And that was just my weekend. <laughs> nothing to do with the Toronto Raptors, or for that matter, the Toronto Blue Jays, who do still exist somewhere in the minds and hearts of Toronto sports fans, somewhere way, way, way down there. Going to get into all that, plus hockey, even though there's no Canadian team and hasn't been for months now, the St. Louis Blues and Boston Bruins are still playing in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So they tell me. Didn't, didn't watch like any of it. Like, I saw like just the highlights. Like, nothing. I feel, I feel bad. I should be paying more attention to hockey. But I haven't been. I've been paying attention to golf and tennis, the French Open, and all kinds of cool stuff like that. So we'll get to all of it uh, in a couple of minutes. But first, our trivia question. Brought to you by Pancers Original Deli at 3856 Bathurst Street. I could go for a corned beef on right, right now. Beef knish, gravy, maybe a salad, a high-calorie cream soda. Mm. and Leave all the fat on the corned beef, okay? Give me an extra juicy. Forget about the... It's, if it's too lean, it's like sawdust. Never order your deli meats... Uh, lean like that because you just all the juiciness is gone. Uh, anyway, Panthers is our sponsor. Here's the trivia question Can you tell me who has played the most career games for the NBA Warriors franchise? The oh. most career games as a Warrior. Got it? As a Warrior. Warriors. Uh, tell me that, the answer, and a backstory later in the show. Trivia brought to you by Panthers Original Delhi. PanthersOriginalDelhi.com. So where do I start here, Mike? Where do I start? Well, oh, somebody see. wants you where to start? start
1: by telling uh, start. what happened. What happened yesterday? T- telling yesterday. them how the weed is in Toronto. That was your first Periscope question. The weed, the weed in Toronto. Have you tried the weed in Toronto? It's legal here. We should point out.
0: Yeah. Well, first of all, don't like Uh-oh. the dispensaries that they have that are government run. Their the government is just ripping you off. First of all, like I'm going to tell you this right now, they're ripping you off. Just go to your old source, or go uh, order it online from one of these companies in British Columbia. Okay. You know a guy. It's way cheaper. I'm not going to na- mention the names of the companies, but here you line up, and then they they gouge you. I'll give you an example. <clears throat> My dad uses it because he has arthritis, so he rubs it. He uses it as a topical. It's a marijuana balm, right? Marijuana infused. It has THC. Uh, it has CBD. CBD right? oils. Well, it's got CBD oil, but it also has THC. Okay, in a it, right? so but anyway, okay. so you rub it on. You know, you got arthritis. You got arthritis. You rub it in, and it, a little bit of a tingle there, and okay, it works better than pills but he got it from the government and they rip them off. It's like 71 bucks. You got to buy your own coconut oil. You got to mix it with the, the CBD oil and put a little camphor oil in there. And, so you got to mix it all yourself with gloves and on. they charge you like 71 bucks. I said, dad, I can get it for you for like 40 bucks. Okay. The same thing. And it's already pre-mixed. You don't have to mix it yourself. You know, like Dr. Frankenstein in the laboratory. How much CBD do I put in? How much THC do I put in? Can I get stoned from this? You know, geez, don't be driving or anything like that. Like so all that stuff. But anyway, so the answer to your question about weed in Ontario is go get it from your original source. Don't get it from the government because they're just ripping you off. It's a good doesn't, tip. Doesn't surprise me at all. Where was I? Uh, so prior to the Raptors game yesterday, you know they lost. We'll get to that in a second. But prior to the game, I thought, what, what do I do? What do I do on game day? The game's not till eight o'clock at night. You wake up on a Sunday morning. It's like, it's game day. And not just game day, like your average regular season game. This is the playoff. This is the NBA finals. We're up one game to not on Golden State. The game's not till eight o'clock. What do I do? So I planned my day. I went for a run early in the day, you know, got some other stuff done. And then decided before I go to my buddy Howie's place for uh, the game to, the watch on, to watch it on 4K. It's uh, absolutely right. I'll, I'll, I'll ride my bike downtown. And I'll get the feel of what's going on in Toronto. I'll get the feel. I can't get into Jurassic Park, of course, because you had to be there eight hours before, you know, the um, the, the game started. I think twelve. I yeah. think well, actually they had an interview with the guy who had been there since like five in the morning. Right. <laughs> it's, like, it's like you remember this. It was always like the first person in line for the CNE or for the Beatles concert, you know, or whatever concert. You know, I've been lined up for two days. I've been camping here. Or the iPhone. Yeah. Or or the new Michael Jordan sneakers or whatever yeah. the heck it was. Um. Yeah. Remember those days? You know. So. I can't even get in there. And what they do is, I'm riding my bike, so I'm riding along Front Street, and at Front and York, the police have the entire intersection closed off. You can't go southbound on York Street towards Jurassic Park. No vehicular traffic at all, including bicycles. Oh. Right? So yours truly sees a little gap between where the barrier ends and where the curb kind of begins. And there's pedestrians walking, and there's kind of cops there, and I I said to myself, what's the worst that could happen? Like, what are they going to do to me? right so so what do I do I kind of jump in between I I, I I break through the barrier I guess you could say I really didn't I kind of snuck through the barrier and I'm on my bike and I'm now riding towards Jurassic Park and this cop is like hey you can't go there but I'm like I'm halfway down York <laughs> Street I'm in the tunnel like I'm in the uh, in the, uh, the underpass there right so it's me and a bunch of pedestrians walking no vehicular traffic no no wheels at all and I'm thinking to myself <laughs> like like, what if they radio ahead to the cops that are down, that are that are at Bremner because, Boulevard.
1: Uh, Obama's in the neighborhood. No, you yeah, yeah. Be careful. I didn't
0: even think about that. I, I didn't know. even think about you the extra know, security. Okay. But I'm like, who am I going to see? What am I going to see? This is great. I'm the only one. And I'm thinking now they're going to be waiting for me. Like the cop back at, at Front Street is radioed to his buddies and he's gone. Yeah, watch out for a guy on a red bike. Uh, looks like Hebsey. Uh, <laughs> uh, apprehend at first notice. APB. And there's no escape. Now, once you're going south on York Street there, you come to Bremner Boulevard, which is, if you look to your left, there's Jurassic Park. If you look to your right, there's there's the overflow. There's three or four overflow pens right. along Bremner Boulevard. It's so crazy down there. And here I am. The, I'm, I'm on my bike. There's nobody else there on a bike. They No one's allowed in there except for pedestrians. There's a bunch <laughs> of cop cars that are... They're stopping the other intersections. And I'm thinking, I'm going to get nailed. I'm, like, someone's going to find me. They're going to they're gonna tackle me on the bike. I was going to say, Jake Gold's going to have to bail you out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're going to be calling him, hey, I'm
0: in uh, the pen. But Anyway, so nobody, like, nobody paid any attention. I, I, you know, I got all excited thinking, you know, you know uh, that I'm like on the run. The fugitive. But I'm not. Nobody uh-huh. really cared. So I'm riding around, and it was, it was fantastic. It was magical. And I'm talking to some people, and they've been standing in a pen for hours. Standing with a bunch of other people, many of them strangers, with one common goal, and that is they're Raptor fans. They came from all over. They want to be a part of something that they could never in their wildest dreams be a part of. They can't afford the ticket. They can't get a ticket. But they're, But this is the next best thing. And this one guy says to me, he says, look, you know what? I don't think I would have as much fun if I was in the arena. Right, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see this. Yeah, it's more fun to be out there with all the other
1: diehards in Jurassic Park. I can yeah. see that it's a and strength. you can be if your buddies and they're and- all
0: but the thing is they're all your friends like everyone there is now your new friend you've got thousands of new friends some stranger you're standing beside you could be on the subway yeah. during a normal work day standing next to the same person and not give a crap about them yeah you're too close to me but 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 you're there for the you're there as raptor fans you know you know that that person next to you they could be completely different from you but they're cheering for the Raptors like you. And so you realize how huge an effect this team has had, whether they're Johnny come Latelys, whether they've been fans since they were kids, whether they're jumping on the bandwagon, whatever it is, mm-hmm. that strength in numbers thing is fantastic. It's it, it was really something. And I really felt it there. And for a few, for a while I thought, you know, maybe I'll just watch the game from here, but I couldn't, I had my bike and get in the pen
1: right, or right. get out of here.
0: But it It was a great experience prior to the game. This was about an hour before the game, an hour and a half before the game. And it was just, it was nuts. Lots of TV crews, of course, out there. The other thing I like is when they do the the live hit. Like if you're just standing, minding your own business, and suddenly you see lights and a camera and a reporter standing there. I mean, the mob just, just, you know, moves towards that. It's a beacon. Look, they're on live television. And there's always the one guy, there's like, you know, a hundred people in behind them. they're acting fine and they're cheering. Woo! And then there's always the one guy who thinks, you know, no, 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 I got to do something really dumb. Yeah. I got to stick my face in front of the reporter or go behind the reporter with making faces and, and then pretending that they're cool. There's always that. And, And the unfortunate thing is instead of listening and watching what the reporter has to say in the interview they're doing, you're looking at that one idiot, you know, in the, in the back of the shot that's making a fool of himself. Well, I guess yeah, that was me, by the way. I was <laughs> Yeah,
1: that was Hebsey. Yeah. Uh, but they are looking for a guy who did what is that That expression they use. I won't repeat it, but F H you can figure out the rest. Uh, oh, that's terrible. Somebody did it last night on C P twenty four. Did they really? Yeah. On C P twenty four? Did they find the guy? Well no, but the picture's being shared on Twitter, so it's only a matter of time, uh, yeah.
0: See, now, see, but here's what I was thinking. I was thinking that the, in Toronto, we could get away with no arrests, no complaints, and then the one guy decides to FH and them, you know. Uh, idiot, okay? it Wouldn't it be fantastic if, like, if the entire country of Canada is represented by Toronto Raptor fans who did nothing wrong, who didn't do anything wrong, wrong to besmirch the reputation of our fine city our great team we the great country we live in we the north like not once like americans are going these canadians they don't do anything wrong they have no like they have no issues at all they're 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 polite they're look we're from the north okay we're 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 of a different character than than you Americans. Although, remember, the Where, guy threw the beer can. Uh. Ah, but was good. He's gone now, anyway. I think he, I actually think he's... I follow uh, him on Twitter. He's still... Oh, he's, he's great. And he, in yeah. fact, he watches, he listens to the podcast. He's a very, uh, yeah, he made a mistake and he feels terrible about that. But that's such a rare occasion. I just think the rest of the world looks and goes, we got to go to Canada. Nothing bad ever happens here in Canada. <laughs> it's, uh, look at how, well, look at how polite they are standing around in a pen. Like me, after about an hour, I got to go to the bathroom. Can you save my place? Nope, not saving your place. You can't can't leave. So I mean, we're 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 of a hearty stock here in Canada, and it shows. We have big bladders in. Uh, this we have country. large bladders in Canada. Thank you very much. So I I I honestly thought the Raptors were going to win last night. I on if you would have said to me, look, no KD, Steph Curry is sick as a dog. Klay Thompson's going down with a hamstring. Not even going to play in the fourth quarter. They're going to start. DeMarcus Boogie Cousins, who's played eight minutes in the last 45 days, right? You're thinking, we're going to beat these guys, no problem. I mean, how can we not? You know, we've this was a missed opportunity by the Raptors. A huge missed opportunity. I was confused by what Nick Nurse was doing. I'll get into that in a second here. Maybe he isn't as good a coach as Steve Kerr. Maybe not. But I thought that, uh, that Golden State was ripe for the pick, and especially the way they looked in game one and the way the Raptors looked. The Raptors looked terrific. They looked unbeatable, and Golden State looked out of sorts. Rusty. And then for game two, so no KD. Uh, Steph's sick. Starts 0 for 6. Starts yeah. the game 0 for 6, and we're going, this is great. Raptors run out to a 12-point lead. Andre Godala's uh, hobbling. Uh, this Kevin Looney comes off the bench. He's their starting, like their top center, and he gets tr- a, a chest con- con- contusion. I think he might have uh, suffered a, a bruised collarbone or something like that, but didn't play the rest of the game. So now you've got a team that's hobbling, that their the key guys are missing, and you can't hit a shot. You cannot hit a shot to the point where you're up by five at halftime. And then you allow Golden State to eventually go on an 18 0 run. I think the first five points were in the. late in the first half, right, where they had two of the last three possessions. And then the Raptors suddenly just could not hit an open shot, turned the ball over. Uh, There was a stretch there where I think during the time where they gave up the 18-0, I believe the Raptors went uh, 0 for 6 and turned the ball over five times. Horrible horrible start to the Horrible start, absolutely terrible. Was that the reason they lost? Ah, That's one of them. It's one of them, one of many as far as I'm concerned. Um, but these guys are the two-time defending champions, and you can't commit early fouls against a team like this. Oh, is that your phone? Nope, no, no. Nobody... Go ahead and get it. No, go ahead, answer it, and put put it on speaker. Let's see who it is. <laughs> who would call? Who would call during the live broadcast of our podcast? Our our vodcast. Did you get the message? Is, that, is it a Warriors fan? <laughs> if you didn't point it out, nobody would have been the wiser. <laughs>
1: yeah. But I did point
0: it out because I'm the wiser because I heard it. I heard it. So, uh, yeah, so everyone's looking now, and there are two things. One is, oh, the 18-0 run, of course. And the other one is, oh, the refs, we can't get a call. <laughs> Whining about the refereeing is not going to help. You have to look in the mirror if you're the Raptors and say, we didn't hit the shots. Forget the refs. And, and you know what? There were bad calls on both sides. Because I'm reading Twitter, and there's a lot of Warrior fans are going, hey, what about the call there? What about the call there? Of course, we look at it from one side only. That, of course, had the refs made the right calls, the Raptors would have won which is nonsense. not Folks, it's nonsense. Refs had nothing to do with the Raptors losing that game. They did it all themselves, and you've got to give credit to Golden State. So here's some numbers for you. Um, the Raptors, not only did they miss too many wide-open shots uh, and Golden State made theirs, the Raptors were 13, uh, or sorry, the Warriors were 13 of 34 from three-point line. That's 38%. That's good. Raptors were 11 of 38. They took 38 threes. And he made 11. That's horrible. Hmm. That's 29%. And the Raptors shot 37% overall. And trust me, folks, you're not going to win any NBA games. Very few are you going to win when you shoot 37%. Kyle Lowry fouled out with over four minutes to go. Second time he's fouled out in recent memory. I don't know how many times during the playoffs, but for sure two. Yeah. And that four, and with four minutes to go. So he's your catalyst. I mean, he's the guy. He's got playoff experience. He was a, an all-star What's he doing getting six fouls, fouling out with four minutes to go? What? Because you know why? The sixth foul, he tried to steal the ball um, down uh, under the Warriors basket. So he's 90 feet from his own basket, not trying to make a foul to stop a guy f- going in for a layup or a dunk. He's trying to steal the ball after a missed shot, and he gets called for the foul, which is the final foul, and he's out of the game. And You just cannot have that happening. That's a rookie mistake, if anything else. And should Nick Nurse have had him out there? Well, what choice did Nick Nurse have? Nick Nurse, you know, he, he could have played Danny Green and Van Vliet in the backcourt. He could have had Norm Powell, and he could have rested Lowry. But hey, I mean, the guy's got five fouls. Kyle, don't foul. I saw Nick Nurse's lips. Don't <laughs> don't foul. And he fouled. So that's just a lack of discipline. And the Raptors, when they get into early foul trouble, the one team you don't want to be doing that to is Golden State. Steph Curry, Clay, they could all hit free throws. Hmm. <clears throat> and so can Kawhi Leonard which leads me to my biggest problem, and that is Nick Nurse to start the fourth quarter. The Raptors are down by eight at home. So now you got to get the crowd back into the game after that horrible third quarter, which was just a joke. You're, you're down eight. It's possible. You can do it, but but not if you don't have your best players on the court. So I'm looking at the bench, and why is Kawhi Leonard on the bench to start the fourth quarter? Why, why does Golden State have all their starters except for Klay Thompson, who got hurt, hamstring injury, MRI today? Um, why do they have their best players, leading by eight, and we don't have our, why do we not have Kawhi? I get load management, but in this particular case here, you want to go up 2-0, especially with them being undermanned. you got to get that second game. you got to play Kawhi the whole fourth quarter. He's not in foul trouble. Oh, he's hurting. Okay, we're all hurting. Everyone's hurting. But to have him sit on the bench for four minutes when you need a run against these guys, you, you're not going to wait till four minutes to go in the game before you decide, let's take a run at Golden State and see if we can whittle into that eight-point lead. Not so easy. But to, to have Kawhi on the bench was a big mistake, I think, by Nick Nurse. I think that you got to go with your best players. And if the situation comes up where Kawhi makes a couple of shots or goes to the free-throw line where he was 16 for 16, you get the team back in the game. But they didn't. They, they let him sit until there was eight minutes to go. They were down seven. And what does he do? He comes back on the court now. Now, he hasn't played in a while. You think, okay, Ka- he goes one for six down the stretch. Can't make a shot. Van Vliet can't make a shot. If it wasn't for Kawhi's free throws down the stretch, they, they wouldn't even have uh, whittled into that 12-point lead. And I just think that was a big mistake by Nick Durs. Agreed. Down, and Twitter, ag- and uh, sorry, <clears throat> Periscope
1: agrees with you as well.
0: I mean, come on. You put your best players out. You're down eight. What are you waiting for? Get him in the game. Okay? Uh whether he, I'm maybe Kawhi said, I can't make it, but I just can't see Kawhi saying, Don't put me in, coach. Don't, don't put me in yet. Nick Nurse has got to make that move. He's got to make it smart. And you know what? He got out coached by Steve Kerr, who used 11 guys off of his bench. I mean, guys I'd never heard of before. <laughs> Who's this guy here? And then, and, and the other thing is, is that Nick Nurse waited way too long before he changed the defense uh, to uh, that zone, that box and one zone in the fourth quarter. They were down 12. I think Andrew Bogut had a little tap-in uh, alley-oop play, and then Nick Nurse calls timeout, and he changes the defense. Too late, because the Raptors may, had a bunch of stops with that box and one. You know, they wanted to, they wanted to keep the ball away from Steph Curry. And so now, the, now it takes time, but now they've actually whittled the lead down to like five with a minute to go. That's too late. You needed to do that early in the quarter with Kawhi. You needed to be within five halfway through the fourth quarter. And now the crowd's into it. Two-possession game. But you never did that. You never gave them a chance, and I was very, very disappointed in the way um, Nick Nurse handled that fourth quarter. He was too late uh, on the draw. The, the, the decision to change defenses, Lowry with the five fouls, man, when he had four fouls, Nick Nurse had to say, look, you're going to have to sit, man, or you just can't do those types of things. That's a lack of discipline by a, a player who should know better. He should know better. He's a veteran guy. He, he should know better. <laughs> so Curry was sick. Thompson got hurt. Uh, Iguodala was hobbling. Boogie Cousins is coming back from a torn quad muscle. He played almost 28 minutes. He had 11 points, 10 rebounds, and six dimes and made life miserable for uh, Gasol and Ibaka in the post. Now, he only played eight minutes in game one. He was not uh, a factor, and he looked awful. But I tell you, that was a fantastic, it it was a courageous decision to start him, and to, and to play him almost 28 minutes when he hadn't played, like, really at all in 45 days, that was a fantastic performance. And I'll tell you right now, if he's healthy the rest of the way, big problems for the Raptors in the middle. Big, big problems if Boogie Cousins is available. Because we, we never really included him. But if you look at the superstars, first of all, you've got three future Hall of Famers already on that team. And you've got excellent complementary players. I mean, Boogie Cousins right now is not a future Hall of Famer, but he's a heck of a player. He's really good. And these guys are used to winning championships and the Raptors guys aren't. And that split that they had to get Mm -hmm. and they got it without KD who may play game three or they may say, yeah, we'll we'll just take, we'll take our time. We'll wait till game four. We can now afford to, because we're not down two games to none. What did you think of the game?
1: I thought it was opportunity missed. Absolutely. And, it's kind of neat though that we had it at a point I think was it was it Iggy who hit the 3 yep. uh, right wide like, open yeah right Danny <laughs> Danny
0: Green had made a 3 to cut their lead to two points. Right, right. That was the closest the Raptors got. I mean, they were up by five at halftime and then that, that 18-0 run. So right. the Raptors never got closer than that. They were down five. Danny Green makes a three with, I'm trying to am saying about 47 seconds to go, whatever it was, makes that clutch three. After the Raptors had had three or four offensive rebounds yes. that Kawhi had scooped, he finally makes the three, boom. Now you've got to have a hold on defense, okay? You finally got it down to two points, the Warriors have the ball. Your defense has to be sensational. And they left Iguodala. I mean, they almost, they went for a steal. They almost got a steal. Uh, Steph Curry dribbled and slipped. It looked like they might have trapped him. And then Iguodala's got a wide open three. Any pro that's got that much time is going to knock that shot down. And Iggy, who, by the way, was a finals MVP a few years ago. Right. Knocked it down, and that was Collect- a killer. Um, yeah, that was it. And the crowd went from, oh, no, we're within two. Of that. And then all of a sudden, He made that shot, and the place went so quiet. It just sucked the life out of the building, which didn't have anything to cheer for. Nobody had anything to cheer for for the longest time in the second half. The longest time. The Raptors never got close after that 18-0 run until the very end, and now the crowd's into it, and now Danny Green makes the three, and now we need a stop, and then...
1: If Iggy misses that shot and we pull down the rebound, we have the the timeout, right? Oh, yeah, we have one timeout left, left. that's right. Now you've got a chance to... Win this thing. A chance to at least tie it. At least tie it, but potentially win it. Uh, A man. So that was a massive three-pointer. But also, don't forget, you know, the refs. I don't think the refs cost us this game. No, But they did blow that. uh, Pascal Siakam had that shot in the first half. Clay Thompson went up through the
0: basket, which you're not allowed to do. If you block a shot, your hand has to be outside the cylinder. If you can't take your hand and put it up through the... Uh, the, ba- the basket. They blew to, to, that to, call, block uh, clear goaltending on that. Clear goaltending on that, exactly right, but that's not a reviewable call. But that's right. just one call. Now, I right. went through, we had a discussion, my buddy Jake and Howie, and I had a discussion that nobody ever looks back at a play in the first or second quarter and says that cost them the game. But if the game ends up being a one point game, you can turn to any play and say, you know, if, they would have, if the refs wouldn't have made that call and it would have gone the other way back in the second quarter. But, but, you know, down the stretch, when the game really matters, the refs kind of put the whistles away for both teams. They did it right. for both teams. And I, I saw a lot of people on Twitter who were Golden State fans saying, hey, they missed that call, they missed that call. That's tough. I think it was evened out. The bad calls were evened so out, the except for that is,
1: goaltending call yeah. that they missed really bothered me.
0: Yeah, that was weird too. But the thing is, you didn't see it happen that way when it happened live, did well, you? Something we saw no, but in something real time. Funky you saw happened something and, happened, right. right? But in real time, nobody pointed it out because it's a very rare occurrence that you see a guy put his hand up through the rim from the from below right. to block a shot, which is right. goaltending, absolutely. Um, but yeah, the refs the refs made some bad calls on both sides. But at some point, they said, "Look, we got to let these guys play." There was one in particular where Van Vliet went in for a layup and at the last second kind of threw his elbow up and threw his body into the guy and and still made the shot. Now, Van Vliet didn't get charged. It was the other way around, or there was no, no, there was no call. Right. But they could have easily called Van Vliet for an offensive foul because you lean into it. Like, Kawhi's great at it. And Steph Curry's really good, too. You give it a little pump fake there, and then you just lean your body into the guy. Now, here's the key with Kawhi. This is a tell that I have figured out. When Kawhi goes like this, oh, as soon as he does, the ref calls the foul. He doesn't do it all the time, but when he's in tight and he, and he believes he's drawn the foul, he goes, oh. And as soon as he does that, within half a second, the ref blows the whistle. It's like Pavlov's dog. Gotcha. Now, if he doesn't do that, and he only he picks his spots, if he doesn't do that, then, then usually there's no call. But when he does it, he just, the ref hears it and goes, well, if Kawhi is making a noise, that means he must have gotten hit. And I bet you it happened seven or eight times where he kept going to the foul line because 16 for 16 at the free throw line. So the Raps lose. Uh, geez, what was the final score? in the game? I don't remember. 109 to 104. Yeah, 109-104. Series tied 1-1. Opportunity missed. Opportunity missed. Opportunity missed. Game three is Wednesday at 9 Eastern from Oracle Arena uh, where the Warriors were 30-11 and 11 in the regular season. However, Mike, mm-hmm. in the first round against the Clippers, the Warriors lost not once but twice at home. Now, they eventually won the series, but they lost two games at home. They were a bit rusty. Not rusty, but they, they kind of coasted in, you know, down the stretch. They had it all locked up. They had the number one seed in the West, blah, blah, blah. But still, they can be beaten at home. They were beaten twice by the Clippers in the opening round. They can be beaten at home. It's now up to the Raptors. You're 1-1. You got a win. You got your win, in, 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 you know, at home. All right? You didn't get your two wins, but you got a win, which means they're beatable. You could have beaten them yesterday with a bit of discipline, with a bit of luck, with some help from the officials, with some three-point shooting, with all that, and you didn't. So let's see what ca- happens in Game 3. Kevin Durant may not play, but for the Raptors, O.G. is going to play. And so if you added him in, let's say Patrick McCaw, now, now Nick Nurse has a 10-man rotation, which, I mean, Steve Kerr had an 11-man rotation yesterday. The other thing is, what's going to happen with Clay Thompson? How's he going to come out of this, uh, you know, this uh, hamstring injury with an MRI? He was
1: fantastic yesterday. Oh, what was he
0: ever. Uh, what's, what's with Iguodala's ankle and knee, and like, it looks like the whole left side of his body is like ravaged. But these guys are absolute warriors uh, in, in the truest sense of the word, not just the Golden State yes. Warriors. They've won before, and the Raptors haven't. So they know what it takes. They know, they, they know that even if they think they've given 100%, there's still something left in the tank. And the Raptors don't know that as a team yet. They've got to dig really, really deep to get to where the Warriors have been. And that is a huge factor. I don't think you can, you can't put a price on that. That experience that they've had because they can draw back and say, oh, remember a couple of years ago against uh, LeBron when you, we did this and we did that and they've done it before. Raptors haven't done it. Um, and uh, I was thinking maybe if they really needed it, I might have to go to San Francisco, go to Oakland and take <laughs> a pre, a, a rent a bicycle and take a little pregame <laughs> ride through, whatever. Now all these, all these Jurassic parks that have popped up. Yeah. Uh, Bur, what is it in Burlington? Burlassic Park? Uh, I don't know what they called the Bram, one. Bramptastic Park in Brampton. They have a Mississauga Missis- celebration
1: square, and they call it uh, Jurassic Park West.
0: Oh, is that called Jurassic Park West? <laughs> because the one in Burlington is like Bur- Burlassic Park or something uh, like that, and know. Bram Bramtastic Park, and Winnipeg OS is a park. The one in Saskatoon needs a little help. I don't
1: know if you saw it on TSN last night, but it looked like about 20 guys watching. Really?
0: Yeah. All right, but still, we're a basketball country. Yes. All right, so Raptors lose, and game... Game three is uh, Wednesday night at nine o'clock. So that'll be over by all, but you will have a lot of bleary-eyed people going to work. And by the way, because of the NBA finals, ladies and gentlemen, normally we drop a show Mondays, which is today, and Fridays. But this week, we're gonna do a show on Thursday morning, the morning after game three. So we've got, you know, just like today, we've got, the, you know, the, the next day and we can comment on the game that everyone saw. So instead of dropping Friday this week, we're gonna drop Thursday. That's for you. Not me. I didn't do it because of me or because of Mike. I did it because of you, because I know that you want to comment on the Raptors. Game three, victory over <laughs> Golden State. That's going to be huge. Is that you know, an official no, prediction? No, it's not an official oh. prediction. That's what I hope for. Okay, we've got to make a few shots. All right, so we're pretty much finished with the Raptors for now, although we might come back to them. In baseball, uh, the Toronto Blue Jays finished their road trip 0-6. Now, had the Raptors not been in the finals we would be talking about, oh, my God. But since the Raptors are playing and are taking up most of our sports brain, the Blue Jays are kind of flying under the radar, which is good. If you're going to go 0-6 on a road trip and you're going to have trouble hitting the ball, better that the uh, another Toronto team is doing something that's keeping the fans positive because the Jays certainly are not. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get a day off today uh, after being, uh, well, so they went 0-6 on the road trip. It got swept by Colorado here. Uh, and uh, they've got the New York Yankees coming into the Rogers Center beginning tomorrow. Night for a three game set, followed by three at home against the Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, who are uh, a better team because they're going to get to use the DH. Although they're saying that when Zach Granky pitches for Arizona, he might just he might be his own DH. Like that would be great because he's a good hitter. But I would like to see that in American <laughs> League Park. I would like to see a National League pitcher hit for himself. I think that'd be pretty cool. Uh, and so here's what happened yesterday. Aaron Sanchez, whose finger at first we thought like I thought he was going to get it amputated for crying out loud. the nail was torn off, but he made his he made a scheduled start. He didn't do bad. He gave up four runs over six plus innings, but the bats were ice cold and the game was lost in the very first inning. Mike, they'll tell you you can never let a team off the hook when you've got them down early. The Jays got a run in the first inning. they had the bases loaded with one out and they could not score again. And you just you were speaking of opportunity lost, you're going, oh. This was a chance to get a three spot or a four, a crooked number on the board in the first inning, but they only got one run. And then Colorado tied the game in the bottom of the first and then took the lead in the bottom of the second and then increased their lead in the bottom of the third. So a run in the first, a run in the second, a run in the third. And before you knew it, the Jays were dead because that lineup that they've got, that they put out there is one of the weak ass hitting lineups I've ever seen. All right, it's just been awful, and it's it's become contagious now because Vladdy's not hot anymore. He's hitting like the rest of the guys, and they're swinging at pitches that are out of the strike zone, and they're struggling, and they can't score with runners in scoring position, and their fielding has been awful, and they got this guy playing. Like, where's Biggio playing today? Second base, right field, left field? Is Lourdes out there? Is it, like, nobody's got a position anymore, and all these guys are learning their positions at the major league level. So somebody made some big mistakes here, and I know that they've had injury problems. I get all that, but geez. When you think of what we had, like we were making fun of them when they had Socrates, Brito, and Alan Hansen, And now they don't have either one of them. Those guys are in Buffalo. And, and we had uh, Teoscar Hernandez, and he's gone, and Billy McKinney, and he's gone. And, and look at the guys who've replaced them. They're no better. Nobody- Is this the worst Blue Jays team ever? No, the worst Blue Jays team ever I covered, 1979. They were a horrible team. What was their batting average? I want to compare. Oh, I don't know what their batting (laughs) average was, but they lost 109 games, and and this team is on pace to lose 100 and 109 games. Um, Yeah. No. Now, this I'm going to have problems with here because at the time I actually tweeted something, and I kind of thought the better of it. I thought if I was in the if I was still in the broadcasting business, and you know now, and I did something on the air that someone didn't like, how would I feel if they went on their podcast? And rip me a new one. Well, if I deserved it, okay, I would have to accept that. So I don't want to mention the name of the person, but you're going to know who I'm talking about, all right? I'd just rather not because I'm going to probably run into this person later this week, and I'd rather. But I feel I have to say this. So on the Saturday broadcast, they revealed a story that was told by Rockies outfielder Ian Desmond, okay? Now, Ian Desmond said that Viola Desmond, the woman who is on the Canadian $10 bill, the woman in Nova Scotia who fought against racial segregation was Ian Desmond's great aunt by marriage. So Ian Desmond said t- to the Canadian reporter, Hey, I got a story for you. The woman who's on the $10 bill in Canada, that's my great aunt by marriage. That's my grandfather's brother's wife. Okay. Okay. So they show, and they and they're showing him on camera. He's that bad, you know. It takes ball one. There's a show, and then they show a shot of the ten dollar bill and the picture of the woman on the ten dollar bill, Viola Desmond, and the other announcer says, "Yeah, I can see the resemblance." But it's by marriage, right? There is no resemblance. Right. There's no resemblance. It's by marriage. They don't look alike at all. First of all, they don't look alike, and second of all, how could they look alike if they're they're not blood related? So I just thought, you know. There's a time and a place for everything. Uh, I get it. Uh, but, like, stick to baseball.
1: I don't like it when they say stick to baseball. I think...
0: No, I mean, in this case here, in this case here, okay. it was not necessary to add your little personal comment that, that, there's a, that I see the resemblance. Huh. You know what I mean? Look, if you run into someone in person and you see their kid, right? Like, I ran into a, like a friend of mine. I was at uh, their house a while ago, and um, my friend's sister, who I had never met before, uh, was at the door. And I immediately went, oh, I can see the resemblance, right? You know, you, you do that. Well, you don't, if, if you don't you do see it, it. You
1: see it, yeah. You yeah. see
0: it. You don't go to someone and look at their dog and say, boy, that dog looks just like you or whatever. I, you know, that's... The, but to say... But to look and try to make it seem cool to say, oh, I noticed the resemblance. There's no resemblance to notice. Mm. Except for the fact that they're both black-skinned. That's it.
1: Okay, so... There's but- no
0: resemblance between Ian Desmond and Viola Desmond. They don't look alike. They're not blood relatives. <laughs> they're from the same they're from the same um um ethnic uh uh, uh background or An- ancestry the, ancestry or, uh, yeah. but they're not but there's no resemblance which leads me to that old you know i hate to say it but you look at someone and if they've come from a certain culture they all look alike no they don't all look alike they don't all look alike Hey. So just just, in, I'm not
1: okay. I'm not, we are not naming this gentleman, but it seems kind of harmless and like a mistake. Know, like you made a I human know. error. We're all we're all we all make a. I know,
0: but if you're gonna broadcast to like a that. number of people and you're a professional broadcaster, think before you say. Think about it. Think think. And I'm wondering if the producer got in the guy's ear and said, "They're not related." For sure. Not related to, you know, wasn't something. Anyway, thought I'd point that okay. out. And again, you know, if this particular person sees me and says, hey, you're a point. You know, I'm sorry. And, but and I, this particular is a nice gentleman. I couldn't, I, I, I yes. couldn't, I, I'm sorry I couldn't help myself because I, I just was incredulous. I just, what? Anyway, so that had nothing to do with baseball. I apologize. No, I don't apologize. Don't no, apologize. I just, something I just picked out and I had to say something about it. Uh, now to golf. This segment brought to you by Crosswinds Golf and Country Club in Burlington. Patrick Cantlay uh, shot a final round 64 to win the Memorial Tournament. That's Jack Nicklaus's tournament by two shots over Adam Scott. Tiger Woods, who was pretty much out of it. He was like tied for 20-something. Had a big birdie run early on. People got all excited. Tiger's making his run. But he was too far back. He shot a final round 67 and ended up uh, tied for ninth place. Adam Hadwin, Canadian, could do no better than a tie for 52nd. Corey Connors, the other Canadian, finished in a tie for 65th. Now, the U.S. Open is in a couple of weeks at Pebble Beach. It ends on Sunday, Father's Day, the same day as Game 7 of the NBA Finals. Right. Father's Day in Toronto, Game 7, which there probably will be. The way it's going now, a Game 7. So it's going to be a heck of a Father's Day. So the ideal Father's Day to me would be this. Let me play golf. Let me watch golf and then let me watch the Raptors win the championship. That would be the ideal Father's Day. Don't even bother me for the day. (laughs) Take me out to Panthers for a corned beef sandwich. Let me play golf. Let me watch the U.S. Open, because that's a Father's Day tradition, and then let me watch the Raptors win the NBA championship in Game 7. That would be a great Father's Day gift if my kids are listening right now. Um, In the uh, U.S. Women's Open, 23-year-old Junjun Lee. So Lee is a very common surname, very common surname among Asians. Well, North Americans too, but among Asians. So there are many females on the PGA, LPGA tour whose last name is Lee. Many of them. Um, and so this young lady's known as J. Lee Six. So when I saw the graphic, she's leading by two shots, and I see her name. The name is J. Lee Six, a six on the end of L-E-E. And I thought, wow, that's a really interesting surname. But I have a question. Is that six Lees or six J. Lee's? Right. So that's just it. It's like, so she's Jay Lee, but she's like, her handle is six. So it's like, oh, there goes six as opposed to there goes Lee. Which one? This is where you introduced the middle initial. Right. But I've (laughs) never seen a surname with a number in it. I've seen the six, but I've never. But that's actually not her real surname. Her real surname is just Lee, but she's known as Lee six because there are so many of them. So I thought, well, that's a cool (laughs) handle. That's good. She's 23 years old. And uh, she won, she won the U.S. Women's Open yesterday by two shots over, um, who did she win over? I don't even know. But Brooke Henderson, who's Canadian, Mm -hmm. uh, could do no better than a tie for 39th place, 39th. So Jay Lee Six was the winner of the U.S. Open. That's unbelievable.
1: They wouldn't go to like a nickname before they go to a number. It just seems really impersonal.
0: I don't know enough. Um, Are nicknames acceptable in uh, Asian culture? I don't know. I mean, it seems seems to be the you know the normal thing. Everyone's got a nickname. Everyone's got a handle. Yeah. But is that considered to be okay? Is it uh, disrespectful to the family name? I don't know. I'm not enough aware. But just seeing it, you know. Oh, oh, oh there goes Lee. Cool. How many Lees are there? Do you know what the numbers go up to? There's a, there's a lot. No, 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 no. None of the other ones are known as Lee One, Lee Two. Oh, I no, just, no, oh, I thought no, they, no, no, no. I told oh. you her name is Jay Lee Six. Okay, so that she can be identified from the other Lees. Yeah there's surnames of Lee I that the on the LPGA
1: tour. LPGA did this. No, 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 it's know, got nothing to do with the LPGA
0: I don't believe so. I could be wrong, but maybe for maybe the LPGA did say let's call her Lee 6. Is it okay, okay if we put a 6 at the bottom? But if you're putting the graphic up of the person's name, the winner's name and and it says Daily 6 anyway. Um, Very interesting though. Yes, I'm Hebsy 1. Uh, and uh, I'm hoping to go out to Crosswinds this week and see if I can break 85, okay? Which, uh, for me, is a good score. I, I, you know, there's this thing in golf where if you can shoot your age, right? Like, right. A guy, like there's a 78-year-old guy who shoots 78 or 77. I shot my age. That's an amazing thing. For me, I would love to shoot 20 strokes above my age. Right. I think that would be fa- if I could do that. Forget about your age. So I'm, I'm hoping for, like, you know, maybe a... I mean, I, if I can break 85, that would be fantastic. Uh, but I have to work on my bunker shots. If anyone knows a good teacher teach me how to get out of the sand, I would certainly appreciate it. Because if I can get out of the sand, I could win the NBA championship. Ah, oh, I'm right. sorry. I, the I mean, NBA the, championship? I mean, the U.S. Open. <laughs> so if anyone knows a good teacher, that would be fantastic. Both game. would be amazing. Yeah. How about we get the uh, I with the other sponsor? Happening here. Titan Blades is our sponsor for Hockey Confidential. Uh, Titan Blades. You know the best players in the world skate on Titan Blades. And you should as well. Titan Blades make you go faster. They make you skate better. They bring the pro shop to you. So go to TitanBlades.com and start skating like a pro. So Stanley Cup Finals are going on. Okay. I don't know if you're aware. The rumor has it, yes. St. Louis Blues against the Boston Bruins. I don't know what the numbers have been like. I haven't even been paying attention. I can't. Be- I don't believe that a lot of people are like tuning in. It's must-see TV. It's got to be record low, right? I'm pretty sure, well, record low is the NBA stuff because Toronto, the Toronto market. There oh, is in no, America. The, right, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, saying yeah. that when they said the lowest ratings ever, well, it's because right. there is no Toronto market. But you right. need to add the three or four or seven sense. million. And no, but you need to add the seven million people in Canada yeah. to sort of the U.S. numbers to say, by the way. Right. Because Toronto would be the third largest market in the United States if it were a U.S. market, but it's not metered. Right. It's not part of the Nielsen ratings. Right, but like
1: in that. Canada, I would guess that oh, yeah. this current stanley cup final forget the nba is the lowest rated in like modern times it would be my
0: guess i I haven't seen any numbers i have not seen numbers all i know is the number of people that dislike the boston bruins Mm -hmm. right that just don't like them at all doesn't equate to eyeballs watching hoping the bruins lose that's different Right, uh, people just won't watch. Yeah, they don't have an interest in it at all. They're sick and tired of Brad Marchand and Pasternak and Krejci and right. Rask and Tori Krug and you know all these guys. They're just tired of it, right? Uh, and St. Louis, it's all well and good. St. Louis got their asses kicked seven to two at home. Now imagine this: you're playing your first home game uh, in the Stanley Cup Final since 1970. So 49 years without playing a home game in the Stanley Cup Final, and you, you shit the bed. You lose seven to two. You give up, you take four dumb penalties, and they score on the power play on every single one. Four for four on the power play. And before you know it, at the beginning of the second period, it's four to nothing for Boston. The crowd was taken out of the game early on. It's horrible. And Craig Berube, the coach of the Blues, said, and he's right. He's, how do how do we become, how are we the least penalized team in the National Hockey League in the Stanley Cup playoffs? How do we go from being the least penalized team to suddenly every penalty goes to us? How does Boston, one of the most penalized teams in the league, how do they get away with not getting penalties called and suddenly every penalty is called on on St. Louis? And, of course, Craig Ruby's smart enough to know that you can't criticize the officials, and he didn't really. But he basically said, I mean, how does this happen? How, how in the finals? And the same thing with the NBA. You're, you're supposed to have your best officials for the final. They're supposed to earn their way to the Stanley Cup final or the NBA finals. Right there's there's four officials in hockey and three in basketball. So how do you not get the best guys? Because we should not be talking about the officials at all. I don't even know who the officials were, but once you know who the officials' names are, then there's a problem. And this is what happened in this series. I mean, seven to two, they were in a lot. They probably would have lost the game anyway, three two, had it not been you know for all the penalties. But still, and you lay an egg at home. Your t- your, your your fans are all excited. They they to see this nonsense happening. Oh my god, this is terrible.
1: Don Draper. Don Draper, that's right. What's his name? Uh, John Hamm. John Hamm. Big time uh, blues yeah.
0: fan? Yeah, big time blues. So this is what the blues have. The blues have <laughs> two people that I know of that used to be on popular television shows.
1: Oh, who's right? the other one? You
0: know, I mean, they what, Jenna Fisher from uh, the Oh, office, yeah, yeah, yeah. From the Pam. So, I mean, these are two shows that aren't on the air anymore. I think they're in syndication or whatever. It
1: but is. they're but, recent shows. It's, it's not the, like Archie but, Bunker but or whatever. St. Louis
0: is a small town. So, it's like anybody, any port in a storm, anybody that's reasonably famous from St. Louis. Like, you can be reasonably famous. You can be, uh, You can be a, a secondary star on a television show that lasted for 10 years, like Jenna Fisher. Woo, Jenna Fisher.
1: Big, big big player on that show, and that was a very popular show.
0: Give me a break. Steve Carell was the star of the show. John Krasinski was the second biggest star. What's his name with the glasses? Pam is right there with John. Nah, nah, nah. It was an ensemble cast. But anyway, you know who the biggest star of that show was. Yeah, uh, Michael Scott, yes. No. Not even close. Mindy Kaling was the biggest star on that show. No. She was awesome. Mindy Kaling. She's if she great, was she's from great, St. Louis, but- if she was from St. Louis, she should be the one rocking it. John Hamm was on was on Mad Men, yes. which hasn't been on the air for years, and does these dumb commercials for skip the dishes. The same freaking commercial with his assistant. Gimme the pad tie and don't skimp on the tofu. Come on, these are the ones. This is how big St. Louis is, folks. They're like dying for somebody. So the big fans of the St. Louis Blues, okay. Mm-hmm. Remember, this team was dead last back in January. I didn't see Jenna Fisher walking, you know, walking around <laughs> with a blue shirt. I didn't see John Hamm. Now they just show up, of course, because they're front runners, right? And whoo, guess what? I'm from St. Louis. Give me a break, okay? We got Drake. I'm not comfortable with this have? disrespecting a Pam. I'm not disrespecting. I'm just saying, a this wonderful is, character. This is St. Louis this is St. Louis. It's a Midwestern town, okay? Who do we got? We got what's her name from the office and we got what's his they name. They have from the Mad arch. Uh, they have the arch. The Gateway Arch. They got what's his name. And it didn't help at all uh-huh. because uh, the Bruins uh, kicked the snot out of them and uh, game 4 is tonight in St. Louis. So the question is what's the over under on because there's no basketball to watch tonight. And there's no baseball to watch tonight. So we might have to watch game. No one was watching baseball four, anyways, right? I guess. Well, the Jays, I'm just saying there's no Jays game on. Right. So what I'm saying is how many times are they going to show on camera the combination of John Ham and Jenna Fisher. How many shots of these stars? <laughs> and look who's in the crowd tonight. John. Like in Toronto, they're showing all these big names. Like everybody was a Barack Obama. Is Barack Obama going to be in St. Louis tonight? No. <laughs> Flo Rida. Flo Rida going to be in St. Louis tonight? No. Jay Cole. None of these guys. Is Paul Languav, the Tragically Hip, going to be in hey. St. Louis tonight? No, he's not going to be there. Nazem Kadri. Nazem Kadri. Are any Leaf players going to be there? No, not at all. Jenna Fisher and John Hamm are going to be there. And who's the biggest Bruins fan? Dennis Leary, Ben Affleck, are they there? No. Do we see shots of them in Boston? Who do we see in Boston? We see Bobby Orr, all the ex-Bruins. Guys. So anyway, so St. Louis is up against. I the think Gronk, gonna, Gronkowski, does he show up at the Gronk, days? there you go. Is Gronk, was Gronk in St. Louis? He might be. So we'll watch very carefully tonight to see how, how many shots there are going to be of John Hamm and or Jenna Fisher. I think the over-under <laughs> is 12. 12 shots of these two. And we're in St. Louis. And St. Louis is a great town. It is. It's terrific. Um... But John Hamm and Jenna Fisher, there's got to be somebody more famous. I
1: feel like they're pretty this. big.
0: But, uh, you could do much
1: worse, is what you? I'm telling you. Could yeah, you really? I...
0: Okay, you know what then? Come up with, come up with all these, all the towns and tell me who the biggest stars are to emerge yeah, to <laughs> come from these towns. They're either to born and raised there or make their residence there or they got married from someone who's from there or they can claim it. Denver, for example. Like, who's big from Denver, right? Chicago, there's all kinds of people. But St. Louis, yeah, and Denver and places like that are like, well, I don't know, nobody famous from there. But if you were to say Toronto... It's you know, every great comedian's from Toronto. Drake yeah. is from Toronto. You know, we've got that kooky, uh, uh, we got that kooky, um, he uh, used to be the mayor, the mayor's brother. The mayor's gone now, but the brother now is the, ah, uh, the premier. You know, all those kind of things. You know, what are they saying about Toronto? They're saying all good things about the city. Uh, Tuka Rask has been fantastic in these playoffs. Jordan Binnington got hooked the other night, got taken out for the first time all season long, got uh, pulled from the game in favor of Jake Allen, but he is going to start game four, and that's tonight in St. Louis, home of Jenna Fisher and Don Draper. Now, Saturday afternoon, so I'll tell you my weekend went. Saturday afternoon, I had to plan this one out because Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock was the Champions League final. Every soccer fan in the world, whether they were a fan of Liverpool or Tottenham, was interested because this is the final game of the year, and it was at uh, in Madrid, uh, neutral site, It was like 125 degrees on the field there, hot as hell. And neither team had played in like three weeks. There hadn't been any games in three weeks. So they are rusty. It's a terrible game. So bad that in the third minute, a handball. You know, in soccer, whether you intentionally do it or not, if the ball hits your hand or your arm, and your hand or arm is outside what they call the silhouette of your body, it's extended out from the silhouette of your body, it's a handball, and if it happens in the area, in the 18-yard box, it's a penalty. It's a penalty kick. So three minutes into the game, ball goes off the arm of uh, Sissoko of Tottenham, and these liver these Liverpool fans, where I'm watching, are like, Yay, hey, great!" And I'm like, "Oh," and Mo Salah steps up and boom, it's one nil three minutes in, and it just changed the whole game. with like blah, it was a lousy game. It was was like, it watching- televised? Oh, yeah. I saw uh, someone was on a periscope the ordered-
1: zone. Oh, so yeah. the zone. I'm not sure that's All- televised. That's
0: streamed. Yeah, well, DAZN, starting next year, or actually starting now, every soccer game you're going to watch here is got to watch it on DAZN. Uh, English Premier League, Italian Serie A, okay? The, uh, but that French ensures league. only the big fans are tuning in. Like, that gets rid of people like
1: me who might have a curiosity about seeing, like, a championship game, even though he doesn't follow the league.
0: Well, that's up to you. Yeah, of course. Same. But that's the same. Though. When but the when it's only on way TSN,
1: could- we wander over and we say, "I'll check this out. It's a big event. Hebsy interested. I want to see if his team wins right. or if uh Kawhi Leonard's team wins. I want to see." But when it's on DAZN now, you've kind of you've, it's exclusive for those who right. uh or the or maybe the tennis uh freaks as well.
0: Well, look, it's got all got NFL. DAZN's got NFL. The zone has Major League Baseball network. They show a lot of uh, auto racing and you know, all that stuff. So if you want to subscribe, go ahead. It cost me, I think, $120 for the year, which isn't that much when you think about it. I mean, what are you paying for your MLB package or your NHL package right. or your NBA package?
1: Right, so, right, right.
0: So, yeah, so it was on the zone. So we're watching again anyway. So that's one oh, right off the bat. And then the rest of the game was horrible. And oh, they ended up losing 2-0. It was just, it was disappointing because, you know, to see it on a handball, to see that happen, like they, they didn't, Liverpool didn't earn that goal. They kicked the ball, it went off a guy's arm, and they got a penalty kick. It just seems unfair. Now, had it happened the other way around, I would still I'd be happier for Tottenham, obviously. Sure. But still that's not the way you want to win a game. That's not the, it just didn't so it was kind of uh, I don't know, it didn't it didn't measure up. It was like one of those Super Bowl games that was just a dull affair that, you know, it happens occasionally or So I'm sorry that your team lost. Yeah, it's okay. But they got that far. We were thrilled. It was like the Raptors getting to the NBA (laughs) final, except not quite as good because the Raptors had a great regular season. Tottenham did not have a particularly great regular season, yet they made it through to the Champions League final against Liverpool, who's a much better team. Good for Liverpool. Way to go, you Reds. Tottenham's in next year. Both teams get into the Champions League next year, the winner, and Tottenham also got in because they're top four in the English League. Uh, I also watched late, late, late on Friday night, was it? I watched TFC take on the Vancouver Whitecaps. I don't know what it is with me, but if there's a live sporting event going on and, I, and I'm tired and I want to go to bed, I just, I'll just i watch the game and then I'll fall asleep and then wake up and fall asleep and wake up and then you end up waking up and the game's long since over and you don't know what happened. But, but I actually watched the whole game and, and Toronto scored like in the 90th minute to tie Vancouver to get a, a draw. I was pretty happy. I went to bed happy. Like, I got in, I saw a lot of sports on the weekend, so we got that draw there, that's good. I've also been watching the French Open. Now, this morning, just before we went on the air, was the continuation of a match that began yesterday. Now, this is in Paris at the Roland Garros Stadium. And this guy, Benoit Paré, okay, Paire. sorry, Benoit Perre is his name, Per. He defeated Félix aliasim in the finals Oh, of, so at, the game ended Lyon. before we started recording. At Lyon, at Lyon. Okay. So he wins at Lyon. Félix, uh, I think I mentioned this in the last podcast, Félix had a groin injury, and uh, Per was very, very nice in saying, you know, that Félix had he'd been at his best, it would have been a different match. He was very, very nice. Well, anyway, he's in the fourth round, and, of course, he's playing in front of his countrymen. And this guy is the most excited guy you've ever seen. This guy has so much emotion. It's great. He fist pumps everything. After every shot, he's yeah, je Quel delizieux. He's like, you know, you hear this guy. And now you get this occasionally in tennis, but not after every point. And he's got the crowd behind him, and they're roaring. The more he's roaring, the more they're roaring, and it's it's deafening the sound. Anyway, he's playing Kane Nishikori, who's a good player, number seven seed, and they're back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and in the second, Nishikori wins the first set, and then Pair comes back and wins the second set in the tiebreaker. 10-8 in the tiebreaker, and the crowd is going nuts. Yeah, like, he had just won the French Open. He won one set in the fourth round, and they're making it seem like a Stanley Cup parade or whatever. It's wild. Wow. And I just couldn't. It was fantastic. Anyway, darkness last night with... Um, with uh, uh, Nishikori up two sets to one. So they resume this morning, and in the fourth set, Per, uh, per wins again. He wins 7-6 in the tiebreaker, 10-8 in the tiebreaker. Now we're tied at two sets each. Now we're in the fifth final set. The crowd's going wild. Benoit Per has a 4-1 lead. He leads four games to one in the fifth set and loses. Oh no! Falls apart. Double faults. The crowd is like uh, in front of the home crowd. Chokes like literally chokes away a four-one lead. Sounds like the Leafs and, and Bruins le- in yeah, twenty thirteen and, and loses seven-five. The difference was the Leafs. <laughs> and you're right though, not twenty thirteen. The Leafs had it in game six this year. You're at home. You've got the home crowd. You can close them out. You couldn't do it. Wasn't four-one though. Yeah. Yes, wasn't four. But still, so yeah, four-one lead and lost. Lost. So Nishikori is through. Well, um, earlier yesterday on the same court. Stan Vavrenka and uh, Stefan uh, Tsitsipas had a phenomenal, again, a five-setter of beauty that was won 8-6 in the final uh, set by Vavrenka, right? And now Vavrenka gets to play Roger Federer in the quarterfinals. So all of that worked. So anyway, it was just really great tennis. Very exciting. The crowd was into it. It's the French Open. It was very, very exciting. Uh, Nadal is through to the quarterfinals. Uh, Djokovic won today. He's going to the quarterfinals. So you got all the top guys that are playing. They're all there. Right. In the on the women's side, you don't have any of the top. <laughs> Serena's out. Uh, Naomi Osaka, the number one seed, out. Um, all but three of the top seeds are out. Sloane Stephens is uh, number seven. She's onto the quarterfinals. Simone Hallet plays today. But this is this is the one problem you have in these events. Where it's like a single elimination thing. Like now you're hoping that number one plays number two. You've got the top seeds, you know. Look, the quarterfinals, the greatest thing, of course, would be to have all top uh, the eight top seeds playing in the quarterfinals. That's the way you draw it up. And in the men's, it, it, it's happening sort of that way this year, uh, but not in the women's. And you've got to have the draws. Even though Serena Williams is, you know, had a baby a little over a year ago and hasn't played much at all Withdrew in her last match after the opening round, you, she's, she's got star power. She sells tickets. You've got to have that. You've got to get as much as you can out of Serena Williams before she retires. You've got as much as possible. The same with Federer and men's. How old is Serena? Serena's 34, 35. Wow, that's a long career. That's yeah. amazing. But you've got to stretch that until the next wave of great players comes that people are going to go and want to watch. And so now that you've gotten down to this and you've pre-sold tickets and all that, you're like, who are we looking at here? Who's this girl? What's it? Who is she? So you're hoping some of the top seeds, but it hasn't happened at the French Open, uh, which is the... Uh, let's see. I mean, uh, Naomi Osaka won the uh, U.S. Open last year. Remember when Serena yelled at the official and said he was you know, a crook and stealing from her and all that? Right. And then she won the Australian Open back in February earlier this year. So the last two majors, and boom, she's out in the fourth round uh, at the French Open. So pretty crazy stuff. And we'll be keeping an eye on that because the French Open continues uh, these, uh You've got the quarters, semis, and finals coming up later this week as the week goes on. And I like watching. I like getting end up at 6 in the morning and watching tennis. There's just something about that. It's a big event. Why not? It's huge. It's huge. Uh, time for our trivia uh, answer. The question had to do with the National Basketball Association and this team, the Warriors. Now, they're the Golden State Warriors. Previously, they were the San Francisco Warriors. Uh, previous to that, they were the Philadelphia Warriors. Well, Chamberlain played on that team. So, the Warriors franchise has been around for a while. Can you tell me who has played the most career games for the NBA Warriors franchise?
1: I have a guess. Go ahead. Chris Mullen. Correct!
0: Is that right? Chris Mullen is right, by far. Chris Mullen, 807 games as a Warrior from St. John's University. Uh Chris One of the best accents, like a real New York accent, Chris Mullen. So, that is correct. 807 games played as a Warrior. Uh, Nate Thurmond who played back in the Will Chamberlain era, 757. Jeff Mullins from Duke University, 716. Uh, six on the all-time list is Steph Curry, with 694. Rick Barry is number seven on the all-time list, 642. Nice. And Clay Thompson, 615 games as a warrior. Good stuff, Mike. Uh, trivia brought to you by Panthers Original Deli at 3856 Bathurst Street, just north of the 401. Uh, go to panthersoriginaldeli.com. So we got the trivia there. We got our hockey talk in as well. We got our hockey confidential in there. Um, I failed to mention that I believe coming up, this is June, by the way. When I got up this morning, I had four layers of clothes on. It's freezing know, cold. It's June the what is it, the third June third, third today? Freezing cold out. <laughs> and then I realized that the women's World Cup of Soccer begins soon. This it's it's Friday. It this week. Yeah, it's this week. And now I'm getting excited again because <sighs> I told you, I was at that friendly. The Canada played Mexico at BMO Field a couple weeks ago. Right. We got a good squad. Uh, We got some really good young players. Very exciting team. And we're one of the top-ranked nations in the world. I don't know what our current ranking is. Top six, though, right? Oh, I'm pretty sure it might even be top five. I don't know. But anyway, we're good. And we can beat any squad in the world when it comes to women's soccer. So I am jumping with both feet on this Women's World Cup bandwagon. And you don't need to zone to watch this. This is on TSN, right? Right. That's <laughs> that's exactly right. But I'm 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 pumped for this because I like the way we play, and I think that you know, given our our recent results in you know in Olympics, that uh, this World Cup is going to be big for Canada, and it's going to be a huge boost to Canadian soccer and girls soccer. Good, because. Man, I was impressed with the way they, they played. You know, I just, to me, high level sport, no matter who's playing, I don't care about the gender. I want it to be good competition. I want to see the best in the world play. And when I watch Canada play soccer, women's soccer, where I'm watching the best in the world. So go, go get them. Canada. We'll be talking about that. Our next podcast will be Thursday morning, the morning after the Raptors game three victory. <laughs> Oh, that's a in prediction golden state. well i'm yes it's a hope and it's yes i'm predicting the raptors are going to come back they just got broken and now they're going to golden state and they're going to break right back okay they're going to win because i don't think is going to play in that game and maybe just maybe maybe just maybe The warriors are hobbling maybe that was a costly victory for them last night in toronto they did tie the series but uh but maybe uh maybe it cost them we'll have to wait and see on that one So that'll do it for episode number 107 of Hebsy on Sports. Hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks to Toronto Mike for production and inspiration. And don't forget, order my new book, The Greatest Athlete You've Never Heard Of. Makes a great Father's Day gift, available online at Indigo, Amazon, or wherever fine books are sold. It's a story of George Washington Orton. Told at the age of three, he would never walk again after a serious crippling accident. He went on to become one of the greatest distance runners of all time. He set 17 North American records. Gold medalist and bronze medalist at the Olympic Games in 1900, and was the guy that came up with the idea of putting numbers on football jerseys in 1914. Oh, and by the way, he was a PhD and he spoke nine languages. Mm -hmm. An incredible man, a Canadian, but they thought for years that he was an American. Why would they think that? His name was George Washington Orton from Strathroy, Ontario. Anyway, I hope you buy the book and you like it. And uh, if you like the show, uh, this podcast, let us know uh, and uh, write a nice review on where wherever you get your... Where would they get their podcasts?
1: iTunes, Spotify,
0: Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, all over the place. There you go. That's Toronto Mike telling you, and he knows. He knows better than me. Thanks to our sponsors, Crosswinds Golf and Country Club, Titan Performance Blades, and Panzers Original Deli. And thanks for allowing us into your headspace. Back with another episode of Hebsey on Sports, Thursday morning have you on periscope as well you can watch us make fools of ourselves until then so long for now